This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. How is everybody doing? Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by two wonderful women from Black, but lots of other things as well. We have a lot to get into. Miss Brandy Williams and Miss Shamari Defoe. Hi. <laughs> you guys are looking good today. Thank, Thank you. you. Now, where are you guys? Are you both in Atlanta, or am I just making that up? Straight from the A, baby. I'm right in Atlanta. You know yes. it. Yep. Just because, like, I found that everyone is quarantining in different places. Like, they're not where I think they are, so I'm not making right. any assumptions anymore. But I assumed you were in Atlanta. <laughs> so what have you yes. guys, what have you been doing during quarantine? Ooh, ooh, child. ooh, child. lots of things. Um, quarantine has actually been a blessing. Like I know it's been crazy um, for the world, um, but I have found that 2020 has been a blessing, and um, I have really been able to get into some other things that I wouldn't normally, you know, do because the constant in my life is music and entertainment. But I'm like, you know, what else can I do while I'm sitting home quarantining? <laughs> so um, I started like really diving into my fitness and, you know, a healthy lifestyle and writing and, you know, getting closer to family and just, you know, staying uh, in my word and, you know, just staying prayed up. And yeah, it's been it's been good. That's good. What about you, Shamari? Well, I have been super blessed as well during this quarantine. Of course, it's different because both my husband and I, you know, we travel, entertainers, so and now we're both home. So we don't have the usual help that we, you know, like nannies and all of that stuff. So I'm the nanny, I'm the chef, I'm the teacher. I'm like everything right now. So it's a blessing because our children, they get a chance to spend a lot more time with us now. Um, and like Brandy said, it um, actually opened the doors for you to do other things and realize that, okay, use your other talents and you know just whatever other goals that you set in life to actually go after those as well. So I have been doing, my own thing like my boutique i have a boutique i have my own beauty line i um working on like my marriage ambassador married for life walk it's a lot that I've, i'm doing that's just i'm able to focus on now i know i feel i feel like i've been busier in quarantine than i have in years I, it's crazy <laughs> it is like right? you have to it's crazy like i was busy before quarantine now i'm extremely busy now it's but it's a good busy, you know? It yeah, it's is. Great. It's been great. It really has. I mean, like Shamari said, just finding your other talents. Like, you know that you're not a one-trick pony in the world. You got to be able to do other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Seriously. Yes. Are yeah. you guys from Atlanta originally? Well, <laughs> I was born in Detroit for, like, maybe the first... Um, I lived there until I was, like, 
five years old and then I moved to Atlanta. So I, I'm from Atlanta. Like, I don't really know much about Detroit. So, you know, I've been here forever. So, yeah. ATL from elementary, from kindergarten all the way through college, I've been in Atlanta. Yeah. It's so funny because we both we both are from Detroit. We're born in Detroit. Um, I am from Detroit. Okay. Yeah, she, she is from Atlanta. <laughs> yes, my bad. I, I always say I'm part peach because I did move to Atlanta um, when I was very young. With my family, I moved when I was nine. But then um, as an adult, I moved back to Detroit. And so, and I got married and, you know, had a life there too. So I, I always say that I'm part peach, but I love it. I love Atlanta and I love Detroit. And how'd you guys first meet? Oh, you want me to tell the story? Randy? Yes, you tell oh, it so well. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so like back in the day, I was in an R&B singing group and Brandy was a solo artist. Um, she was 12 years old and I was 15 and we were both in the same talent showcase. So I just remember seeing this 12 year old cute girl on stage and she was singing this song. I want to be down with what you're going through. I want to be down. And she had on her little hip hugger pants and she was doing the butterfly on stage and she was super, super cute. So I was like, oh my God, I have to like meet this girl. So we met and she, we talked about like, oh my God, you were born in Detroit. Yeah, I was born in Detroit too. Oh my God, we look alike. We must be sisters. So we just kind of clicked from that day. <laughs> so yeah, so that's how me and Brandy met. And then and from after that, we just, we continued to like work together and sing together and you know, the rest is history. I was going to say, so how do you go from meeting to like starting black, like in 1999? So... Yeah, yeah, go, go ahead, Brandy. You go ahead. No, you tell it so good. You tell it. <laughs> ah! Okay, so I, I've known Natina since we were 10 years old. Um, and she ended up hooking up with Lisa Lopez's brother, Ronald Lopez. Um, so Natina called me up one day when we were like 16. She was like, hey, I want you to come to this group. Lisa, left eye is putting it together. So I ended up um, coming over. I left the other group that I was telling you about earlier, the R&B singing group. <laughs> I left that group and I joined the Tina's group. And so I remember, you know, Brandy from back at that talent show when she was 12 years old. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Let's call Brandy up here to audition for the group too. So she came up and she auditioned for the group. Um, and we were under Black House management, management with, I can't even talk right now. Excuse me. Too much coffee. It's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> um, Black it. House Management, which is Ronald Lopez's company at the time, a management company. So they wanted the first group that came out under their management company to be named after Black House, their management name. So they named us Black. Which is a great name, I have to say, for a group. What? Wow, what thank you. Right? What, what was Lisa Lopez like? Oh, my goodness. Lisa was... Everything like it. I mean, she was so full of life. She was so fun. She was loving. She was caring. She would give you the shirt off her back. Like she was just mm. such a good person. She really, really was. And she taught us a lot, a lot about just life and, you know, wellness and the industry. Like she was just such a beautiful person. That's amazing. Were you guys yeah. shocked? I mean, because you guys had some huge hits like 808. Like, were you shocked at how, you know, did you feel like, did your success, like, take off 
you know, right away? Or was there really like this struggle like behind the scenes or was it like um, 808 it was right a struggle away? For, it was a struggle for me before I got with Lisa Lopez. Like I auditioned for so many labels and, you know, got told no, 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 no. But the second I got in black, um, it was like maybe five months later, like, and we had a record deal. <laughs> I was like, dang, why, yeah. why was this all my life? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Like we had a Cinderella story. I know when, um, sometimes when I tell our story of how things happen for us, people are like, that doesn't happen. That's not real because it literally went from us, you know, becoming a group, doing a, a demo, getting a deal to on stage at soul train to then a big huge tour to then doing a huge movie to then like our lives are just changing you know so it really went fast like super fast and what about now like what is the current state of like black like what are you guys up to now as a group well you know pre-pandemic um <laughs> we celebrated our 20-year anniversary as a group in our first album uh release so we released torch which was our fans um album that they wanted to hear from us so we finally released it they loved it it was awesome and so now we can move forward and record new music and that was our plan to actually start recording and actually getting on the road we had show dates we had you know a real schedule coming up and then of course 2020 hits and the pandemic so <laughs> um right now we're just trying to navigate you know how to move forward from here and then after the pandemic, I mean, who knows when touring will resume, like your plan is to go like back out on the road. I mean, I'm like oh, a yeah. huge live music person. Like I've yeah. basically written off 2020, like hopefully, I mean, you like yeah. read things or like people are saying like it may not even be 2021, but your plan is to get do a whole tour when this is all over. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I hear that they're doing a lot of drive-through concerts around the world right now. So like, yeah. you know, hope, you know, we can start doing that. I mean, we can do virtual concerts, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much feel like 2020 is like, it's, it's yeah, right off, it's done. Like, let's just move on, 2021. We do have a show in 2021 that is um, live show in January, I believe it is, where um, yeah. it's with us and Shantae Moore. So looking forward to that and, and many more. We're just trying to get, you know, we want to get back out there. We want to be able to show. That's like our stress reliever, too, because this is like, we've been doing this forever. So we need this. <laughs> Seriously, where is the show going to be in January? It's in Detroit. <laughs> well, there you go. Yes. <laughs> I love it. It's That's the city funny. I was born in. <laughs> it's like full circle, right? Yeah, yes. absolutely. And like, I know the fans really demanded Torch. So like, they must be, you know, there must be a huge demand now to see you guys live now that like Torch came out. Yeah, absolutely. Our fans were so excited that we had announced we were going to be touring. We had a show um, in New York, we had shows in DC, like we had a schedule, you know, coming up and, right. and it just, you know, all fell out, you know. <laughs> are but you guys? 2021, we'll be back for sure. Are you working on like stuff separately too? Like, do you have separate like musical projects or it's just now as a group? Um, right now for me, musically, I just want to really give yeah. Black you know what it deserves i feel like our fans deserve to hear a new project from us and that's musically my focus um of course we always have little sidebar 
you know, things that we may do, collaborations with other artists or even, you know, Shamari and, and her husband, Ron, have, have been doing things together. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll always do stuff like that. But I just, I really feel like the focus is more so on Black and getting that project out. That makes sense. Now, let's talk about Tayana Taylor and 808. How did that come about? The fact that so Tayana Taylor sampled 808 on her single, Boom In. How did that come about? I mean, it's a great song. Yeah, wow. man. We're so excited about it. Yeah. I was so shocked. Like, I'm like, what? The Taylor wants to bring, you know, it's like she's paying tribute to, like, the 90s and R&B music and and out of all the groups and songs that she could have chose she chose Black's 808 like and she did a phenomenal job at it and we're just so appreciative of her you know for doing that and um Brandy talked about this earlier how she said that Black was one of her favorite groups so it only made sense <laughs> it's such it's such a good song it's such a good yes. song it's so catchy I mean, they're both great songs, but like to hear that in Tiana Taylor is like amazing. So that's exciting. Now yes, let's talk about Bring It All To Me and Bring It On, one of the best Ooh. movies that has ever existed in the history yes. of movies. Oh my God. So, all right. So, you know, you're in black and you're having this success. How does Bring It On come about for the two of you? Wow. <laughs> I, I bring it on kind of fell in our laps. Um, yeah. We didn't really audition for it. I, we weren't really looking at the time to do a movie because we were actually touring. And um, our management hit us like, hey, we got an offer for you guys to do this movie. It's a universal, universal, uh, sorry, universal film. Um, you know, huge, huge, big deal. And we were like, really? And they're like, yeah, you're going to be cheerleaders. And we're like, okay, let's do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then did it. I mean, it was wonderful. Like, oh, and you mean we don't even have to audition for this movie? Like, bring it on then. Right. Ooh, Seriously. On. And do they say, like, oh, by the way, there's this girl named Kristen Dunst, and there's Gabrielle Union. Like, did you guys, like, know right away, like, there were all these, you know, people attached to it? Um, I don't remember that. I don't remember if we knew going in exactly who was involved. I just think that um, I remember it being like a huge deal. And um, the movie was actually called Cheer Fever at that time. And um, we were like, yeah, we want to we want to do it. Like they want us. We want to do it. <laughs> what was it like working with Gabrielle Union and Kristen Dunst? Kristen Dunst. Oh my God. It was, it was so, it was so good because like, it was just an honor to be a part of something so big, like with Gabrielle Union and Kirsten Dunst, like bring it on was like the breakthrough point for both of them. Like just to work alongside this greatness. And they were so like understanding because I ain't never acted before in my life. So they made, they made me feel so comfortable, like with the words and, and just getting everything out. And it, and it came across natural, you know? So, I mean, it was great. What's harder, music, like, or actually acting and memorizing lines and playing someone different? Uh, or does it all just come natural to both of you? 
I think it goes hand in hand because like even with lyrics and song, you have to memorize those, you know? So you have to use that same skill of memorization. Memor what's the word? Memorization. There yeah. it is. Memorization. <laughs> with your lines, with your lines, um, with acting as well. So, it, I mean, it's all, you know, within the same, you know, industry, like entertainment, you know, Tim, I mean, Tim, film, TV. <laughs> That's, so bad. Tim. That's a new one. That's a new film, genre. Not Tim. Tim. <laughs> the only difference is like with singing and and filming like videos, of course, it takes like, you know, maybe two or three days or shorter now. But back then it was like two, three days. Um, but you know, movies, they take like months to film. So it's longer hours, of course. And, um, you know, so that, that was different, but it, it was beautiful. It was a great experience. We got a chance to film it out in San Diego, California, which is, oh God, I love it. I love it there. It's nice out there. Um, yes, it is right? so beautiful. Yes. And what about all of these cheerleading stunts? I mean, did you guys, I mean, talk, when I mean, you went to cheerleading practice, I assume for the movie. <laughs> Yeah, we did. We actually went to cheer camp. <laughs> How was that? For an entire month. And we <laughs> learned everything. We did all of our stunts. There were no stunt devils or anything. We did everything ourselves. We wanted to do it. We wanted to learn. We, we loved it so much that we wanted to take it to our stage show. We, <laughs> we had our dancers learn how to put us up in the air and all of that. It was crazy. But um, we enjoyed it. It was great. It was fun. That sounds like it would be a lot of fun. You were never scared with like some of the stunts though? No, no. I mean, I had some cheer experience um, and Shamari as well. You know, she was on a, on a dance team and cheerleading teams when we were younger. So I think um, we had somewhat of experience with that kind of thing. And I think we were just so excited to really be real cheerleaders. Like we wanted to do what they were doing with the real cheerleaders yes. we were doing. So yeah. Yes. It was so much fun. Like, it was no issue whatsoever. I love getting put up into the air. I felt like I was flying. I mean, I really was in, like, competition cheer mode. Like, it was, like, you know, all in. So it was great. I enjoyed it. And when you guys were making it, you know, like, what did you enjoy about it the most? And, like, what are your thoughts on, like, the film's plot on, like, cultural appropriation and, like, what the film stood for? So I have to say when we were filming it, um, because you have to remember it's 20 years ago, right? Right. Um, there weren't a lot of movies like Bring It On in these competition movies and dance movies. and all. So we were kind of like, nobody's really going to want to see a movie about cheerleaders, right? Like this is, gonna, <laughs> this is not You were wrong. see a movie. <laughs> we were so wrong. Like, so wrong. So wrong. But we had such a good time filming it. We were like, well, if it's a flop, hey, at least we had a good time. But um, we didn't realize it was going to be such a cult classic. And the whole idea of it being um, 20 years later and seeing how, of course, the other team was still in the team's cheers and all of that and how you can go from um, being considered more of a, a lesser community or, you know, a more of an unfortunate community and then the more popular community or, or more fortunate community will come and try to steal your, your stuff. I mean, that's 
hap- that's happened forever. Like that's the right. times and we're still right. kind of seeing that. And what we're now understanding 20 years later is that that's a real, a real thing. And if we just decide to work together, like how at the end of the movie, we all came together and, you know, of course there's going to be a winner, but if we come together and really work together, it'll all work out for everyone in the end. And that's the whole point of all of this. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We were number one. We were the originators, though. We all came together in the end, but we won first place. So the originators got first place. And then the uh, people that tried to come and copy and, ch- and steal our chairs, they got second place. But, you know, it, it was very impactful. Um, like Brandy said, um, you know, we didn't really think that that was, you know, a thing. We just, now that we're going through what we're going through today, you know, we just realized how throughout the years our culture has been so um inspiring to other cultures whether it's through music dance fashion you know voluptuousness whatever it is (laughs) all all of the above yes (laughs) and are you shocked that it is 20 years later and it's having its 20th anniversary and like just how (gasps) this film has held up like just it's a classic are you shocked Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> super. <laughs> I am so shocked that this is a classic music because I remember being at the premiere for the movie and being embarrassed to be in this movie. I was like, ew, <laughs> cheerleading movie? Like, this is so corny. Yeah. Yes. You look back at it and you're like, what? Like, this movie, the number one movie in America when it came out, and now it's like a staple in everybody's home. Like, they grew, they grew up off of this movie like I grew up off of Annie, you know? Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. When people, like, run up to you guys on the street or recognize you, is it mostly for Black or is it mostly like, oh, my God, you were in Bring It On? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So the best thing to me is that, of course, like, you know, the older generations are like, you're the girl from Black. But the beautiful thing these kids now, because Bring It On is on TV and in, and in everybody's home, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing. It's like, it's kept us relevant. Even when we kind of stepped back from, from music for a while, that movie was playing. So it's like, oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You're the girl from Bring It On. I might not know 808 or Bring It All to me, but I know that movie. So it's amazing. Yes. And even today, like, you know, they do Bring It On, went to Broadway. Remember that, Brandy? Oh, when yeah. And so they invited us to come and watch the show. And then we got up afterwards and they're like, oh my God, can you sign my autograph? Like all the actors and stuff that was in the, on the Broadway um, in theater. So, I mean, it's, it's just been going on. It's going to continue to go on. And you see how many different Bring It Ons came out after the original one. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah, but we were in the only one that ever made it to the big screen, might I say. It's time it was, for a reboot. It's time it for really it is. The original. <laughs> yes. Or like some TV show. It'd be great as like if it was done right as like some TV show now, I, I think. Yes. It honest. would be. And so you were in it, but then how did Bring It All to Me become, like, did they ask you then like to write the, you know, a song <laughs> after you were in it? Like, how did that all come about? Well, a lot of people think that Bring It All to Me was the lead song off of the soundtrack. And that's not true. Um, Yes, Bring It All To Me came out when Bring It On was released, but Mm -hmm. the the song is actually as if. That's the song 
that is from the soundtrack. So yeah, a lot of people just get it confused, I guess, because it was released around the same time and the, the name of the song the is name. Bring It All To Me and the movie was Bring It On. So yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm right? Not sure, I'm it not sure sense. that I, yeah. I mean, I could see why people would think that it makes sense interesting it does make sense especially with bring it all to me being the number one song of the summer of 2000 and then bring it on coming out as the number one movie in america in 2000 it just makes sense why not <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't happen that way you know, as if was was definitely the song as if was it <laughs> What was it like, you know, it was just like a different time in music. It was like Justin Timberlake and Britney, like, you know, not that these people are still around today, but like Beyonce, like, do you guys have any, you know, like starstruck story, you know, of like when you first kind of hit it, like, oh my God, like there's Beyonce and this is what happened or there's Justin Timberlake or any of the other like people that were kind of on the scene at that time? Well, I mean, the moment. cool thing is we came up at the same time. So we were all like each other's peers. There was really no kind of star. It was just like, hey, B, hey, Justin, hey, Brittany. You know, it was like we were all in a high school together at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, to see the success of what Brittany turned into and what Beyonce is now, yes. you know, be and, and Justin Timberlake and, and all the guys of NSYNC and, you know, everybody that kind of came up at the same time. It's, it's amazing to be able to say, hey, I was a part of that. I was a part of that class. You know, I was I was in high school with them. I, you know, we grew up together and it's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. I mean, it was just it was a great time in music. Um, who were like some of your musical influences growing up? Like, who were you like, oh my God, that's my favorite person. Or like, what type of music did you guys like growing up? Um, I love, of course, Whitney Houston. I used to sing her beautiful ballads at the age of three. And that's when my family realized that I could actually sing at three years old. I was blessed wow. and born into this. So, um, yes, definitely Whitney Houston. I absolutely love Brandy um, Norwood. Oh, my God. She's just incredible. And That's my favorite producer of all time is Babyface. <laughs> I love Babyface. His music. It just puts you in a, in, a, in a place and it takes you back to a moment. Like when I was 16 and I thought I was in love and I would listen to the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack over and over again and cry my eyes out. <laughs> I mean, That's a good soundtrack. Just, yes, it was, it's, it's just, I love, I love like that old, like hit you in the heart, you know, music like that. So yeah, so I would say those three. Yeah, I, I came up in the um, Motown era, you know, a lot of my family um, is, was in the industry, so I was able to tour and, and, you know, see some of those artists as a as a kid, and so I just know I wanted to be Diana Ross, you know, when <laughs> I was, <laughs> I would put, like, towels on my head or, like, shirts so I could have the hair like her, and I <laughs> You know, I would pretend to be, I just wanted it to be Diana Ross, hence the hair now. I finally made my Diana moment, but. <laughs> Diana yeah, Ross just, is, that's a good one. Yeah, like, oh my goodness, loved her. I love me some Diana Ross. Oh yeah. 
Do, when do you have you guys kept in touch with like Kirsten Dunst, Gabrielle Union, or have you not spoken in a while? Oh Definitely yeah, Gabby. With Gabby. Keeps in touch. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. With Gabby, she always keeps in touch. We keep in touch with her, and we haven't talked to Kirsten since uh, she was 16 years old. But uh, <laughs> since we definitely talked to Gabby. <laughs> hey, Kirsten. I'll I'll tell her you say hi if I speak to her. Okay. okay. <laughs> so speaking of music at the time, what about Escape? Do you revise like did that? Did you like cross? I mean. Escape was kind of having their moment at the same time. Like, were you like, did you know Candy back in the day? Mm -hmm. Yes, oh, Candy yeah. wrote the 808 remix for Black. Yeah. So, absolutely, Candy has been in our lives since Black started, and of yes. course, Shamari got to work with her again. So, I mean, yeah. No, she's just she's been always been down for Black. Always, always been willing to help and you know lend her creativity to us. So. Love candy. We love Hello. candy. So was was candy how you initially got connected to the Real Housewives of Atlanta? And is that what people want to talk to you about maybe more so than anything these days? Like, are you shocked at like the power of the house? Like just how fanatical people are over the Real Housewives? <laughs> yes. Um, so Candy, no, she didn't ask me to be a part of the Housewives of Atlanta. Uh, the producers have literally stalked me for two years prior to that and wanted me to be on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. So um, I finally said yes, because like they wanted me to come when I was pregnant with the boys. And I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that. So after I had the, the babies, um, I said yes. I was like, I went on there and it was amazing that is a major freaking platform to be a part of like it's incredible the amount of notoriety you get from being on that show yeah i was definitely shocked i was like wow like you can see how people get on that show and they can do anything they want you got a clothing line oh yeah you're gonna you're gonna definitely get everybody to buy your clothes if you got some weave you know they're gonna buy your weave like whatever it is you want to do Get on Housewives of Atlanta and you're going to do it. You And you will succeed at it. <laughs> and, like, are you shocked? You know, like, here you are. Like, you're part of this, like, major super group. You've had all these hits. You're in a major movie. And, like, I'm sure there's this huge part of the population that just, you know, like, our place in pop culture, like, people that come up to you and they're like, oh, my God, you're a real housewife of Atlanta. And you're like, well, I was also in black and I have this super group. Right. You're like, Hello. <laughs> But yeah. I'm sure, because I, like, know that audience, I'm sure that that happens a lot, too, right? Yeah, like, when, when I was on season 11, when they were showing it, like, way more people were coming up to me, like, oh, my God, you're Shamari from Real Housewives of Atlanta. And they would even go up to my husband and be like, oh, my God, you're Shamari DeVoe's husband, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It used to be, before Housewives of Atlanta, oh my God, you're Ronnie DeVoe's wife. But then Real Housewives of Atlanta, oh, you're Shamari DeVoe's husband. <laughs> so that platform is freaking huge. Was he shocked that, Was he shocked that people were like, wait, are you on the Real Housewives of Atlanta and you're Shamari DeVoe's <laughs> husband? No, he just thought it was funny. Like, he would just come back and tell me and we would just laugh about it. <laughs> I mean, we thought it was great. Like, you know. We both, we're both getting, you know, notoriety. Would you ever be on The Real Housewives, Brandy, if they came and asked you? Um, well, I made a couple debu debuts with uh, Shamari, and 
I think that um, I love the the idea of the Housewives. I was a fan of the show before it even started. I used to watch it all the time. Shamari would be like, "What's going on on the house?" I would be in it. Like I knew what was happening. I would if I could catch it, I would catch it. But um, not a no. But I I would love to do a show with Shamari and I. I think that that was our our ultimate goal. Any way to kind of do a black spinoff or something from there, that would be um, more so what I would want to do. That would be good, kind of like, you know, now that you're starting this next phase of Black and, like, going on tour. Yeah. That would be a great idea for a show. Do you guys, like, run into, I mean, like, is Atlanta that small that you'll run into, like, a Kenya Moore, like a Cynthia Bailey? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, Atlanta's small, yeah. And, and yes, you're going to run into people all the time. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Definitely will. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you have a good experience on there, Shamari? I mean, I, I watched it, of course, but like, would you ever go back on the show? I just, would you... I just feel like um, the whole editing thing is just, you know, when you don't have control over what is being seen and how you're being portrayed as a person. Um, in life, we have, we have balance. We need balance. Like we have our good days and we have our bad days. But when, you know, they're constantly just, you know, magnifying, you know, the, oh, Shamari is, you know, whatever, throwing up at, at Nini's house, <laughs> you know, okay, cool. But you're, there's also other parts that I show that you didn't show, like the fact that I had a, a, um, a couple's cocktails and conversation um, bringing couples together and helping them to reaffirm their love for one another and saving families, but you didn't show that part. So I just feel like it has to be a balance, you know, and my experience was that my balance wasn't really shown, but yeah, it was, it was cool. It was a cool experience. I mean, I just went out there and I tried just been, was myself and that's all I can be. Shamari Jaquad's above. That's who I am. Have you spoken to Nini lately? No, <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I had to ask. So what else are you guys going to do for the rest of quarantine? What are your plans? Um, I think our plan for the rest of 2020 is to definitely stay safe and to try to navigate through what the new normal is right now. I mean, you know, as far as you know, our profession is really hard for us to be able to, you know, do what we do. But um, it's, it's about being creative, finding new ways to reach our fans and, you know, stay productive and stay relevant, stay busy, you know. So that I think that's the whole thing, putting a game plan together to really, you know, stay in our fans' um, faces and let them know that we're still here. And, you know, we're working to be able to get back out there and see them on the road and definitely get new music to them. And what about, because, you know, we already talked about Tayana Taylor and 808. Is there any, like, who musically, like, nowadays, like, is there anyone new on the scene that you're like, oh, this is, like, you know, my latest obsession or this is someone to watch? Like, who do you guys love in, like, music these days? I'm loving Lucky Day, okay? I'm into him. I love Lucky Day. (laughs) And I love me some Meg Thee Stallion, okay? That's my girl. Those are good ones. Brandy, who do I love? Um, Babyface. And, um... <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm bad with current music, so, I mean, I, I shouldn't ask questions I don't want to answer. I'm, I'm old school. 
Like yes, Shamari is listening so, to Alexa '90s radio. That's who she yes, listens to right yes, now. That's yes. really what I listen to: '80s, '90s, and early 2000s. And then Turn off, Alexa. I try to, you know, there's some I'm new sorry, music Alexa's that I like. Talking. Turn off, Alexa. Alexa, turn off. Because you said Alexa, but yeah. I can't hear her. I, I like can't hear her either. But yeah, I'm like, I'm personally stuck in the 90s and early 2000s with most music, so I Yes, yes, I I'm so serious about that. Like, hit me baby one more time, Britney Spears. Like, can you just do that? <laughs> who doesn't love, yes, who doesn't Britney love, Spears. who doesn't love, love a little it. Britney? Who doesn't love right. a little Britney? I yes. love it. And I love these, this whole dancing that she's been doing lately. It's just so super. It's taking me back to that time when she was doing all of that. Like when she had on her little cool little, um, you know, school uniform and she was dancing. I just love it. It's just giving me so much <laughs> like, like 90s, like love. And, you know, it's just, it's beautiful. Are you, love you, Brittany. Are you shocked with like how big like a Britney became or like a Justin or, you know, because you guys all kind of came up to get out where were you like, no, like, you could see that they were going to be. Oh, yeah. They were going to be <sighs> huge. We knew it. Like, yes, it was just design. Like, they had the music, they had the talent, and they had the machine to make it happen. So, I mean, it was destined for sure. Anything else you guys want us to cover? I feel like I always like to give people a chance, like, as we wrap up to, like, Talk about anything else you have going on, any side projects. Like you said, you go on Real Housewives of Atlanta, you can mention the clothing line, liquor, and then it's sold. So like anything else you guys want to go over? Yeah, I mean, we're we're um working on things together and separately. Right now I'm I'm a co-host of a podcast called The Throwback Zone Show. I have my um, wellness brand, Be Well Fit. I'm working on a couple scripts that I'm writing. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. What is your podcast on? Like, what's the subject matter? Oh, well, it's the throwback zone. So it's actually all things throwback. Like, we are so all about the 90s and, like, bridging the gap between then and now. So we had... Um, our very first guest was Cody Shane, who's my sister, but she's also of the culture of now. And then we've also interviewed Ralph Tresvant, who is, of course, new addition. Um, so, yeah, we want to bridge the gap between then, which is our then is more like 80s, 90s to now. Mm -hmm. Do you like being, do you like having a podcast? It's a lot of work, right? People it's don't think it work. is. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. I love it. It's so much fun. I have a lot of fun with my co-hosts. Like they, we just have a good time. So I'm excited. I, I really, I'm really enjoying it. That's the key. Yeah, everyone thinks you just turn on a microphone and you talk, and it's like so much fun. And it is fun, but you're like, it's a lot of hard work. Yeah, it's work. It's work, but I'm into it. <laughs> Me too. What about you, Shamari? Anything else you have well, going on with um, your side projects? Yes, 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 yes. So I have this boutique that I've been wanting to get out for a long time. So I finally um, got the chance to open that up during this whole COVID thing. It's called Mari Jacquois Boutique. 
And uh, it's for the busy moms or just busy people, period, that just don't really care. Like, they don't have the time to, like, figure out what they're going to wear. So they're just putting, I have outfits for everybody for daytime, for nighttime. If you want to wear it with flats, you put on some flats. If you want to wear it at night, you just turn around and rock that same outfit in the evening and throw some heels on. So that's one of my businesses. Um, what else do I have also? Oh, yes, I have a beauty product, vegan, cruelty-free, anti-aging. So if you shampoo your hair and wash your face, you need to hit me up because I would love to get you some of these products. Um, <laughs> I have that also. And I have my Married for Life walk coming up the fifth annual Married for Life walk as a marriage ambassador. Um, so we weren't able to do it back in um, April because of COVID. So we did, we're going to do it October 17th and it's going to be virtual. So I'm pretty excited about that. That's good. And just talk to us about being a marriage ambassador just for everyone who. Okay. So being a marriage ambassador, um, it's almost like you, so you're helping other people, like you're saving marriages, you're helping them through, you know, their issues, you're helping them solve them, you're giving them tools and skills, whatever it is, because being in a relationship is a lot of work and marriage takes a whole lot of work. So we're just providing them with the things that they need. So during like the Married for Life walk, we have um, a part where we look into our significant other or whoever's eyes and we reaffirm our love for one another we hold hands we do a balloon release which will probably change because i don't like that for the environment but we do a balloon release and um we hold hands we walk a mile and we just walk and talk to each other and it's healing so we're looking we're saving families we're keeping children in the home with their mom and with their dad because that's so important that's very has an impact on how that child grows up and how they become a member of the society you know when they're raised in the same home then they're more likely to be educated go to college and not be in jail and things like that so being a marriage and ambassador is just saving people from getting divorces because families make up the community and the community makes up our society so that's what we're doing that makes sense so that's great you guys have a lot going on <laughs> yes <laughs> we do <laughs> that's good though so i really appreciate you guys taking your time if there's anything else you would like to discuss we can discuss anything else you would like hmm. um i think we covered a Pretty much everything. <laughs> I think you so don't want to leave us, do you? <laughs> Listen, that's like the wrong question to ask me. Like I could sit and talk to people all day. I do. Oh, wow. I do have to say. I mean, despite the fact that you know I'm a housewife fanatic, new edition, new edition is everything. So tell your husband hello from me. Okay, I will. I'll definitely let him know you said hello. I mean, black is everything, too, but I love me a little new edition. Like, all the music is great. I am in New York. I plan to, like, check you guys out. Like, I'd love to go to your show. Like, if you come here, I will be there early 2021. I hope you guys add a lot of tour dates and the world opens up. And, like, I'm excited for a tour and new music, so. Thank you. Thank I really you so much. I appreciate you guys stopping by. Where can we find all you online together separately? Where can we find you guys online? Instagram. Okay, well, you can find me um, at Shamari DeVoe on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Shamari DeVoe. That's, That's me. That's easy and, and simple. <laughs> and the Brandy D, the Brandy D on um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.
Everyone needs to go and follow you guys. I really appreciate this. Keep in touch. Let me know if you need anything. I love you both dearly. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I love you, love you too. Thank you for having nice, nice talking to you. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.